Welcome to the sermon podcast for New Life Church's Cabot Campus. We are located at 3400 West Main Street in Cabot, Arkansas. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. To find more information about what we believe, upcoming events, and more, please visit newlifechurch.tv or you can text the word Cabot to 88000. All right. Well, hey, I... I I am thankful that all the kids are in here. Kids, we love you. We're glad that you're hanging out with us because we have all the kids in here. I'm not gonna speak long, only about an hour or so. If you can turn in your Bibles to Leviticus, uh, should be really good, it's exciting. So I'm joking, we're not really gonna study that. Let's look at this verse though in Isaiah 43. It says, starting in verse 18, "'Remember not the former things, "'nor consider the things of old. "'Behold, I am doing a new thing.'" Everybody say, new thing. Now it springs forth, but do you not perceive it, okay? Because God wants to do it, but you've got to see it. Can you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, I know that this may be an overused verse, maybe around this time of year, New Year's, all that, but let's not lose the content and the message and just skim over it because it's saying, remember not. One thing I know for sure If you want to be able to accomplish anything in the new year or any new season of life, you cannot do it by looking back. It is impossible to move forward walking backwards. You're gonna trip up, it's not gonna go well for you. So you've just gotta resolve in your heart and mind, surrender yesterday to the Lord and give up all hope for a better yesterday because it's gone. It's in the rearview mirror, don't live in the rearview mirror. You got a road in front of you, let's focus on that. But the prophet Isaiah is encouraging the people of Israel for telling, first of all, of the coming Messiah. We just celebrated Jesus, but he's also saying, hey, it's coming. God wants to move. Question is, will you perceive it? But you won't get any of it if you're looking back. We gotta move forward, but I believe that God wants to do a new thing. He wants to make a new way. How many of y'all are thankful because of Jesus? We have a new way. We have a new covenant. We have a new way of living. I'm thankful for that because I love bacon. And under the old covenant, you couldn't eat bacon. So I'm thankful of nothing else for Jesus because I get to eat some bacon, all right? But here's the thing. God does want to do a new thing, but you've got to perceive it. You've got to be open to it. But it reminds me of a great song from 1990 from DC Talk called New Thang, Thang, okay? Because, you know, they were down with the DC Talk. But instead of talking about it, I just wanna bless your ears this morning. And we're gonna listen to a little bit of this song. Come on, spin it, DJ. Okay, that's enough. You're welcome. Any, any kid that was raised in a Christian home, though, we can all give a strong amen to this because we're so thankful that DC Talk came out. Because before that, we were forced to listen to Carmen. And, and it just got, and some of you are offended that I'm saying that, but I'm just telling you, it just, it was like, oh, thank the Lord. There's one other Christian group that we can listen to now that our parents will let us listen to. But here's the thing, God does wanna do a new thing. He does. He's got some new things for your life. And yes, 
It's the time of year, yes, we're talking about it because we're in this calendar. By the way, God doesn't operate within time and space. God's not up there, it's like, oh, what? Oh, yeah, it's the new year. God doesn't operate in that calendar. If you operate in any calendar, it's the Jewish calendar, and the Jewish calendar is totally different than our calendar. But he does understand that at different points in our lives, our minds and our hearts may be a little bit better positioned to say, okay, what do you wanna do? What's the new thing that you have? As we enter 2024, we need to hang on to the words that God wants to do something new. God wants to do something new. How many of you are New Year's resolution people? You like resolutions, resolutions, okay? Well, uh, Forbes magazine, they did a survey and it, they showed that 62% of people feel the pressure to set New Year's resolutions. So here's the thing, even if you don't do New Year's resolutions, you feel the pressure. It's like, man, if, I'm, if I don't wanna be a loser, I better have some New Year's resolutions. Okay, so they study though, and, and here's what they, they found as far as the different, the top five resolutions, okay? Uh, improved fitness of some sort, 48%, improved finances of some sort, 38%, improved mental health, 36%. Uh, to lose weight, 34%, improve diet, 32%. How many of those are on any of your list? Anybody have any of those on your list? Okay. But here's the thing, that same survey found that on average, those resolutions last 3.74 months. That's how long they last. In fact, there's a slew of unofficial dates commemorating such failures, okay? Uh, it, it, uh, ditch New Year's resolution day is, is January 17th. So you've got to get it to at least then. Or the second Friday in January is Quitter's Day, okay? So you, those are a couple ones that you can look forward to. But the point is this. Follow through can be really challenging. And if there's one thing that I've learned from trying to set New Year's resolutions, if I'm trying to do any of this on my own and with my own strength, with my own intelligence, with my own knowledge, it ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work. If it does work at all, it ain't gonna last. I'm gonna have to have Jesus in the middle of it. And so all those are good New Year's resolutions, they're fine, but, but what needs to lead the way? What's gotta be at the forefront first? Throughout the Bible, the Bible compares this to sheep. And it is simultaneously one of the most accurate and offensive comparisons because sheep are stupid and they're weak and helpless. But over and over again, we're compared to sheep. A phrase that I'd never heard before around sheep, though recently, I saw this this phrase, when a sheep gets cast, when a sheep gets cast, okay? And I didn't know what that was, but this is what it looks like when a sheep gets cast. This is what it looks like, okay? That sheep is literally stuck on its back, okay? So that's what it means when a sheep gets cast down. If you're a sheep herder or sheep owner, you know, I've got a sheep stuck on its back. Okay, and here are the reasons why a sheep is cast. First of all, a sheep goes looking for a soft place to lay down, but when, once it gets really comfortable, 
because it's in that soft spot, sometimes it just naturally rolls over and gets stuck on its back. One way you could say it is the sheep finds a comfort zone and gets stuck. All right? Here's another reason. Too much wool. Too much wool. Okay, so the, the wool can get so heavy that the sheep gets a little tipsy. And before you know it, it just falls over, rolls onto its back, and is stuck. Another reason, overweight. All right? Another reason, excessively heavy pregnancy. Okay? I don't know what that's like, but my wife said that can definitely happen. Okay? <laughs> you can definitely just get into a place. Honestly, that picture just looks like me after holiday eating. All right? I don't know if any of y'all can relate to that. Did any of you eat so much that it made you feel bad? <laughs> now, you, uh, you guys appreciated that joke way too much. It's for the kids. So it may not seem like a big deal when a sheep gets stuck on its back, but reality is these gases build up in their stomach and if they don't find, the sheep herder doesn't find them, the shepherd doesn't find them within a couple hours, that sheep will die. Especially when it's really hot outside, it expedites that time frame. So the sheep herder owner has to keep a watchful eye, has to be aware, keep count. And if, it, if they figure out there's a sheep missing, a lot of times they know, I've got a sheep that is cast down somewhere. So they find it, they gotta turn it over. A lot of times they'll just straddle it and keep it between their legs and prop it up to see if it can find its legs again. But a lot of times they just realize something's gotta be done. It's not gonna be able to stand on its own. Something has to be done so that it can stand again. And it'll, that, that sheep or that shepherd will prop that sheep up until that they're able to resolve whatever's causing it to be cast down. And I believe that's exactly what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in your life right now. You may feel cast. You may feel cast down. You may feel stuck. The Holy Spirit wants to come along and he wants to prop you up. But then you've got to make the decision if you're willing to let what needs to happen happen so that you can find your legs again. So you can walk forward again. Have you ever felt that way that you, you really wanna be able to move forward? Maybe 2023 was a year like that where you're trying to get your feet under you. You would love to say, man, I'm ready to sprint in the 2024. But in reality, you're just flailing around on your back. You're trying to get your legs, but you can't go anywhere. Well, the Holy Spirit's here to meet with you. And today we're gonna talk about some things that'll get you off your back get you up so you can have a fresh start. King David has felt that way before though. In Psalm 42, 11 says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Now when I read that word in the scripture, I, I just, that visual is there. It's like, yeah, that's what it feels like. And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. The New Living Translation says this way, why am I so discouraged? disturbed. Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. When I read through some of your connect cards, when I read through some of the prayer cards that you leave under the cross, 
It's clear to us because we read over those, we pray over those every week. It's clear to me that some of you, you're discouraged, you're frustrated, you're confused, you're, you're afraid. Some of you just hopeless. Well, David felt that way, but right after he got honest about how he was feeling, he declared something. But I will put my hope in God. I'm gonna praise him again. It may have been a minute. It may have been a few months. It may have been a few weeks. It may have been a few years since I praised him last. But I'm gonna let my words and my declaration line back up with truth and with faith. And I'm gonna praise him again, my Savior and my God. And maybe when you hear that today, that's the perspective shift that you need to have going into 2024. Where you say, I'm gonna look at who my God is and not what my circumstances are. Let that be your prayer. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Because of that kind of hope, David was able to write a lot of verses. One of the most famous Psalms that all of us are aware of, he was able to write with hope in the middle of a dark season where David had lost not one, but two children. David understood what it meant to be betrayed. He understood what it meant to be hated and hunted. And yet he writes verses like this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. I think that last verse is so important. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. The fact is this, we're on a journey and we're either on that journey on our own or we are on that journey with Jesus. Sheep follow. And, and I know it's difficult for you. I know it's difficult for me. I don't like being compared to a sheep. But the fact is this, sheep follow. They're either gonna follow their own ways or they're gonna follow the shepherd and you get to choose. You're gonna follow your own way or you're gonna follow Jesus. He's the great shepherd. We have that opportunity. And he says, he guides me in the paths of righteousness. You're on a journey with somewhere to go. God has a plan for you. Okay, so how do we get up and actually get a fresh start? Number one, to start, be honest. Be honest. David knew where to start. Psalm 139 says, search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You gotta be honest about the things in your life that are toxic. Maybe it's something you're looking at, shows, websites. Maybe it's something you're letting into your ear gate, music or podcasts or gossip or toxic conversations. Maybe it's an unhealthy relationship. You've allowed yourself to get put into this unhealthy codependent relationship where, where you are depending on a person instead of depending on Jesus or you become Jesus to someone else instead of pointing them towards him and making them dependent on him. I don't know what it is, but all of us have something that we've gotta be really honest about first. Maybe it's unhealthy thinking. Maybe it's pride manifesting in insecurity or vanity or a victim mentality. David not only opened up though and was honest with the Holy Spirit and said, examine me, but he continued by saying, and then lead me in the way everlasting. Because once you're honest with yourself about those things, what you learn is this. If I don't then apply eternal biblical principles to those things that I'm being honest about, then it won't ultimately change. If there is any change, it won't be changed for long. 
because God created us to be eternal. God created us to depend on him and to have a kingdom mindset. And so until we apply eternal supernatural principles to the issues that we're being honest about, then we can't expect to see real change. And these steps as we follow Christ and become more like him and less like us, that's the process of sanctification. That's the process. And it's uncomfortable because when you're really honest with yourself, most of the issues you have, a lot of them, you brought them on yourself. Or even if you didn't bring them on yourself, you're allowing yourself and choosing to stay in them. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. There's so much in that. But what's important to understand is there is a peace and a rest and being honest and then just saying, God, I open myself up to doing whatever I need to do so that I can be sanctified and be a part of the bride of Christ that you are ready to come back for. It isn't gonna be about your toughness. It's not gonna be about your stick-to-itiveness. It's not gonna be about your ability to persevere. It's gonna be, be honest, then surrender. Be honest and then let the Holy Spirit examine every part of your life and then apply biblical principles to those areas. Number two, cut weight. Cut weight. Hebrews 12, 1, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Once you're honest about those things and the Holy Spirit helps identify those things, then what are you going to do? You've got to cut that weight off of you off of your life. So what is weighing you down? What is heavy on your heart? What's the burden? What's the worry? What's the bitterness? What's the unforgiveness? The hurt? The offense? What's the sin? What do you need to cut off or let go of? Burdens? I find that most people, the number one thing that they're burdened with is they're busy. Their schedule's too full. And they've got a lot of stress and anxiety trying to keep up with everything. This is a word from the Lord. If I could pastor you really strong, for some of you, the only way you're gonna see the new thing that God wants to do, you've gotta learn to say no. Some of you, you've gotta learn to say no to really good things so that you have some space and margin to start saying yes to the God things. Because there's some God things that he's got for you. But right now, there's no space for it. And you know what? You're carrying a yoke and a burden that God never created you or designed you to carry. You're gonna have to say no to some of those things so you can actually carry the things that he wants you to carry, what he designed you to carry. But what are you gonna do with it? Bitterness, unforgiveness, maybe some of you need to have a conversation, you need to call somebody up and speak our forgiveness into a situation where there's bitterness and unforgiveness. Or if you can't have that conversation, 
There's a name and there's an offense that you need to speak out loud and then speak forgiveness over it because the enemy is leveraging that to keep you in a place of captivity. You gotta cut it off. Maybe it's an addiction. Okay, so what accountability are you gonna invite into your life? When are you going to stop letting the fear of man of what people will think and how they might reject you and the embarrassment that it's gonna cause? When are you gonna stop letting the fear of man supersede your fear of the Lord? Where you say, I, I don't care what people think, I wanna be free, I wanna cut this off, and so I'm gonna be honest about it, even if it might cause a little bit of rejection from men, at least then I know I'm gonna walk with the Lord. But you gotta cut it off. That sin, hidden or out in the open, when are you gonna start being honest about it? Those of us that are married, when are you gonna start letting your spouse be who God created them to be, your number one form of accountability and tell them everything that's going on? Or when are you gonna bring that brother in Christ, that sister in Christ in and say, hey, I've been struggling with this and I wanna be honest about it and I want you to ask me the hard questions. Will you let me ask you the hard questions? Because that's the only way you get to cut things off. You get to shed the weight and get rid of it. You gotta be intentional about it. Once we see those weights and those sins and they're cut off, then you get to run with endurance the race that God has set before you. Number three, get after it. Get after it. You gotta get going. Hebrews 12 doesn't say just, he says we're gonna run the race. Okay, so that's not a passive verse. A race is marked out. It's not an aimless direction. Romans 12, 11 says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Here's a good question to ask yourself. What if you are exercising your faith the same way you're exercising your body? What if your faith is in the same condition as your physical body? What does your faith look like? You've gotta start exercising your faith. How do you exercise faith? Obedience. It's a daily process, it takes effort. It's not easy all the time. You're gonna have to make a choice sometimes when you don't feel like it to get up and spend time in devotion, to spend time in prayer, to spend some time in worship. You're gonna have to make the decision sometimes, but it's in that obedience that faith begins to grow. Faith gets stronger. Nothing starts changing until you start. And it starts with faith. It starts with you saying, I'm not gonna let my situation, circumstance, feelings, no excuses. I'm gonna be obedient to who the Lord has called me to be. I'm gonna walk out the process of discipleship. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You're not gonna always see it in the natural. You're not gonna feel it in the natural. Faith is being obedient even when you don't feel like it and you do the things that God has set up for you to do to be the person he's created you to be. 2 Corinthians 5, 6, so we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, that we are away from the Lord. That's why we walk by faith, not by sight. So did you lose your faith or did you just leave it behind somewhere? Believe again. Believe again that your life can change. There is nothing that is too broken, too messed up, that your heavenly Father can't heal and restore. But you've gotta get after it. Be obedient. 
Be faithful and he'll close the distance. What are you believing for for this next year? What are you believing for? You gotta be faithful in the small things. But ultimately, if what you're believing for is something that you can do on your own, I would suggest that that is not a God-sized dream. You need to have something in your life that only God can help you do. There are some things like that in our family right now. We continue to believe, we continue to have faith, but at the end of the day, it is something that only God can do through his spirit. But we're gonna continue to believe. We're gonna continue to be faithful, exercise our faith. There is a stretching of your faith that sometimes needs to happen. Number four, healthy feeding. If your feeding doesn't change, it doesn't matter how much you try to get after it because an unhealthy soul or spirit will always keep you from accomplishing the God-sized dream. You are what you eat. How many of y'all remember that phrase? You are what you eat, okay? Food is fuel. So what you consume and feed on is what's going to power you. So what are you feeding your soul? Jeremiah 15, 16 says, your words were found and I ate them. Your word became to me the gladness and joy of my heart. In Psalm 119, 10, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. Whatever your favorite candy is, do you feel the same way about the word of God that you do about eating that? Because honey was about the best thing on earth back in Bible times. Do you have the same desire and craving for the word of God? In Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out through the mouth of God. Okay, so Jesus was quoting scripture here and he was quoting it to Satan himself because Satan was tempting him. What you have to understand is not only do you need to feed your soul the word of God just to combat your own flesh, but if you're not feeding your soul the truth and the word of God, then the enemy will come against you. And when the enemy comes against you and you haven't been feeding your soul truth then you have nothing to stand on, and he will cast you down and you'll be stuck on your back again. So you've got to feed your soul the word of God. And as a church, we're going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit as much as we can. Just like last year, we're starting this year in a series we're calling Rooted. And it is what it suggests. We're talking about the roots of who we are and it's all around the foundation of the word of God. Every year we ask the Holy Spirit, what, what, what's your theme? What do you want us to really focus on as a church statewide? This year, it's living in the word. We're gonna spend a lot of time just going through the word. We're gonna start in the book of Mark. We're just gonna stay as founded and secure and tethered to the word of God as we possibly can be. Because here's the thing, this world is crazy. It is crazy. And if you're trying to find security in anything other than the word of God and his kingdom, you are in trouble. You're going to spend a lot of time flailing around on your back. But if you can stay tethered to truth and to the word of God and feed your soul, we're gonna be all right. We're gonna be more than all right.
we're going to be more than overcomers. So where and how are you going to feed your soul? And you're saying, well, I'm in church. I'm not talking about that. Because if the only time you're feeding your soul is a 25, 30, 45, 50-minute message, okay, every once in a while I get carried away, it's fine. But if that's the only time you're feeding on the Word of God, you're missing it. It is not our intention for you to say, oh, man, I just, just can't wait till Sunday. No, God created you to need his word every single day. This is meant to be an appetizer. You should walk out of this place and say, that was good, but I'm hungry for more. And so Monday morning, guess what? I'm going to be in a reading plan. I'm going to find a devotion. I'm going to do something that's realistic, that's sustainable. I'm not going to try to get into this deep dissertation on the book Leviticus. I'm just going to take a few verses every day, and I'm going to learn, and I'm going to grow, but I'm going to consume the truth. I'm going to consume the Word of God until it becomes who I am so that I am unshakable. I'm going to do it. Where's your biblical community? Yes, places where you can present your needs and celebrate the wins and all those things, but a place that you can feed and grow together and be discipled together. You're gonna have to have that. And this is not that space. This can supplement, this can help, but your biblical community has to be your Monday through Saturday tribe. You're gonna have to have those people. Where are you going to feed? And where do you worship? You're like, I don't really like singing. Tough. God created you to worship him. So if you got five minutes in a car driving anywhere, and if you live in Cabot, you're going to have a few more minutes than that. Spend some time every day declaring with your voice and giving worship to your creator God. Because the truth that's in you needs to be the profession of your mouth. And so, yes, that can be in quoting scripture, but worship's a great way for you to declare his goodness and the truth. Look, I know it's easy to lose perspective. That's why we have these opportunities to kind of reset. But I'm so thankful that his mercies are new every morning. I'm thankful for fresh starts. He wants to do something new. Let's get ready for it. Amen? Close our eyes, bow our heads. If you're here today and you do not have a relationship with the Lord, the fact is I don't have to spend a lot of time talking about it because the Holy Spirit has been showing you the whole time you've been here that something is missing. And what's missing is a genuine relationship with the Lord. And so if you know the Holy Spirit's telling you that, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. And the word says, if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for your sin, he was raised again by the power of God, then you can be saved. And so if you're here and you're willing to admit that you need Jesus, and you're ready to surrender to him, I want to pray with you. And I want you just to be willing to admit it right now by putting your hand up across this room. I need to surrender to Jesus. I'm away from him. And as soon as we make eye contact, you can put your hand down. I got you there. Got you, bro. Yes, thank you. Anyone else? I need to call on Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I got you, dude. Yes, right here. Anyone else? That's me. It's me. Just admit it. Got it. Yes, anyone else? I'm away from Jesus. 
I'm ready to surrender my life to him as Lord and Savior. Now you talk about a way to start a new year. There will never be a time you will be more new than when you're totally surrendered to Jesus. Anyone else? I'm ready. I'm ready to stop doing things on my own, trying to live life on my own. I know that I need a savior. I'm ready to surrender to him. Yes, thank you. If you raise your hand, you raise your hands, not what gets you saved. I'm not trying to lead you to think that, but, but when you're obedient and as an act of your free will, you do something, even with your physical body, you just say, that's me. Every person that just raised your hand, you know, as soon as you did that, it's like, man, I felt simultaneously weight beginning to lift and grace beginning to hit. So let's just talk to him about that. I would encourage you to, to tell somebody you made this decision as soon as you can. A great way to go public with your faith is through water baptism. We'll have a chance coming up here in just a little bit. But right there, let's just talk and say, Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. And I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. And I ask for your forgiveness. And I invite you to come in and be the Lord of my life. I repent, I turn away from living for myself and living for the world. I wanna live for you. Help me by the power of your spirit to understand more of your love. Give me a hunger for your word. Help me to find biblical community of people that believe what I believe so I can grow and become a fully devoted follower of Christ. I wanna live my purpose in you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you that you do wanna do something new. And I pray that every single one of us would just come to you and be honest, be honest that your Holy Spirit would show us that we would be vigilant and do whatever we have to to cut away the things that keep us from you, to be obedient, to grow our faith and trust in you, to stay tethered to your word, feed our soul what really matters. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.